Thank you for tuning in to Journey Church Podcast. We are so excited for you to join us for our sermon series, Daydreams, encouraging you to never stop chasing your God-given dream for your life. Enjoy. Welcome to week one of our brand new sermon series called Daydreams. Now, I have a special place in my heart for daydreams. Any daydreamers in the house? Any daydreamers? Come on, your mom always yelled at you because you never, yeah, you know who you are. Um, that's my mom. She knows. Uh, I love, I love, I love dreams. Um, I, don't, I don't know if maybe it has something to do with my name. Uh, for those who, who don't know, JJ, uh, believe it or not, it's not my legal name. It's not the government name that I was given. Uh, the first J in JJ stands for Joseph. And if you know a little bit about Joseph, uh, it's a Bible name. Of course, it's a Bible name. Um, if you know anything about the history of Joseph, Joseph was a dreamer. It's kind of his MO. Uh, he interpreted dreams. He had dreams. And, and I just, I've always been that way. I don't know if my parents prayed before, they, but I love dreaming. Uh, I love dreaming about what this church can be. I love dreaming about who you can be. I love dreaming about what our city can be. Um, sometimes, though, dreaming gets me in trouble. How many people know what I'm talking about? Uh, sometimes you dream a little too much, and you need people in your life who can ground you and redirect you and not kill your dream, but, you know, kind of redirect that energy. And I'm so grateful that I married somebody like that. I married a woman who is a builder. She's not a dreamer. She's a builder, which um, we had, I'm, I'm grateful because if it was two dreamers in our marriage, there'd be a lot of talking and not a lot will get done. But I married a builder, and the perfect example of that is Liz. You know, she built two businesses up from the ground, and she's just, she's awesome. Uh, one day, we were still dating. We were putting together a young adults conference in Daytona Beach, and I had a dream, man. I was like, you know, it'd be so cool, it'd be so cool if we did like a Hawaiian theme a thing for the young adults, because it was for young adults all over uh, Florida to come, and we can do like a dinner, and we'll have like, like, the, like the guards, with like, the, like in Hawaii, like I don't know if that's real, but you know, they have the, the spear, and a little like, you know what I'm talking about, like leaf skirt, and they're just like, ooh, you know, and they'll have that, and, and then we can get some like ham, and we'll put it out on the beach, and she was so gracious, she heard my dream in its entirety. She's like, mm-hmm, that's good, baby, that's good. I like that. Yeah, good dream, good dream. And then she said, that's good, that's good. Just one thing. I said, yeah. She said, you might want to call somebody. I'm like, why? She's like, because I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I'm like, there's no way. It's a public beach. I am a public person, you know. We are citizens. I pay taxes. I can go out to the beach and have a dinner if I want to. Boy, am I so glad that I listened to her because she started making phone calls and she found out that it was actually um, the sea turtle mating season for Daytona Beach. And so during that time, turtles were like traveling from like, it was like finding Nemo from like the ocean to the, to the beach, like laying down their eggs. And if you set it up, if you had set up an obstruction, it was a federal offense with a fine up to $1 million for interrupting. I was like, girl, I'm going to marry you. You just saved me. A million dollars, one day we're going to build a church and I'm going to need you because I'm going to have some crazy dreams that you're going to help me think through. I'm so grateful that I had her in my life because she really navigates that balance between, hey, that's crazy, but maybe we can make it happen. And let me share with you my greatest fear for you as your pastor, and it should also be your greatest fear as a Christian, not that you fail. So many Christians feel failure, and it's, it's because you have a bad understanding of what grace is. Grace is the answer to your failure. Jesus Christ died for your failure. Let me tell you something else about failure. Failure is not final. If it was, you wouldn't be sitting where you are right now. My greatest fear for you is not that you would fail. Hear me out and hear my heart. My greatest fear for you is that you would settle. My greatest fear for you is that you would allow people to come into your life and steal the dream that God placed inside of you. I don't know what it is about Christians, and I'm just speaking to Christians right now because we have the biggest habit of doing it. Maybe it's our terminology. 
Maybe it's because we say things like, I got saved, you know, and saved sounds so final, you know, or maybe it's our theology. We're all waiting for the return of Christ. Whatever the reason is, there's something about being a Christian that if we're not careful, there's a false ideology that gets set up in our mind that the apex of Christianity is just waiting for Jesus to come back. Like, like you're saved. Don't lose it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you, you got in. Now stay in. Don't do nothing crazy. You know, don't, don't smoke. Don't drink. And I think for the longest time, I had issues with Christianity because it, came, it became more about what not to do than what to do. And I can't live to not do. In fact, you weren't created to not do. In fact, getting saved, quote unquote getting saved, is only the beginning of your walk with Christ. You know what's supposed to happen next? There's supposed to be a God dream that gets birthed inside of you that you pursue for the rest of your days on earth. You are here for a purpose, for a reason. There's a dream that God has given you. And my greatest fear is that you would settle and just live some type of quasi-Christianity where it's okay to be saved but not have a dream. And that's not the kind of life that Jesus has for you and for me. Amen? I don't want that for you. You got to be careful. Don't put your Christianity into cruise control. Anybody remember? I don't know how, how young some people are here. Some people, believe it or not, there are some people in this room right now who were born in this millennium. Like, they weren't born in the 1900s. But raise your hand if you remember life before MP3 players. Raise your hand if you remember life before MP3 players. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if you remember road trips before MP3 players. Oh, yeah. You young bucks, youngers, you have no idea. We, had, we actually had a, a case for our CDs. And, 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 and before CDs, it was a book where you would put cassettes in. And, and it was the worst because, you know, there was 15 songs in that CD, but you only wanted to listen to track seven. And so you're driving in the road trip, and you're like, oh, man, find the CD and put it in all, go to number seven. And every time you wanted to listen to a song, you had to switch CDs. And, and I remember when the MP3 player was invented. I was a part of a ministry uh, college, and we were on a road trip to, um, to, we were in West Palm Beach, and we were supposed to go north to uh, Orlando. And it was a two-hour trip, you know, to Orlando. And, uh, and we, we put that, that, that MP3, it was our first time. It wasn't even an iPod. I don't even know what it was, but it was the first MP3 player we plugged it in, and, and we, we activated this feature called Shuffle. Oh, my God. It was just mind-blown because you didn't pick the song. So it's like you were in the club. I'm sorry. It's like you were in the kitchen, and, and some song just went on. Like, oh, that's my jam, you know? But it was worship songs, you know? So we were like, wrap me in your arms. You know? It was like early 2000, so you had those kinds of Christian songs, you know? And so, and so as it was going on, you know, we were, just, we were just in the spirit, man. We were just driving. And then two hours later, I'm like, we should probably be seeing Orlando. But we looked outside our window, and I saw ocean. Now, I'm not a geography major, but I know that the ocean is not in the direction of Orlando. We got on Florida Turnpike, but we went south instead of north. And two hours later, we're facing, I don't know if that's the Atlantic or the Gulf. We're just looking at a body of water. There's an intersection there. And I'm going to tell you, there was worship on the way there, but there was no worship on the way back. There was anger and frustration. Why? Because now we had to spend more money in gas. Now a two-hour trip turned into an eight-hour trip, and, and we're angry because we're at a place, and we don't know how we got there, and we don't know how to get back. And I think that there's some people here today who can relate. You're at a crossroads in your life. You knew where you wanted to go when you set off on the journey, but two hours later, you find yourself in an unfamiliar place, not sure how you got there and how you're going to get back. 
And if I can tell you what I want to do in your life during these next four or five weeks, however long the sermon series lasts, it's I want to help you see again the dream that you started off with on this journey. I want you to rediscover the vision for your life. And this is the passage of scripture that, I'm, that we're going to kind of hone in on, Proverbs 29, 18. When people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I want you to dream again. And we're going to rediscover, we're going to develop, and God willing, deliver the dream that he has in your heart. In preparation for this message, I wrote down some of my dreams. I was kind of tentative to share it with you because, you know, it's kind of vulnerable because some of you might laugh at my dreams. That really hurt my feelings. So don't laugh at my dreams for me a favor. You know, just amen me or like, yeah, it's going to happen. You know, even if you don't believe it's going to happen, just don't look away because that just, that just means that you don't believe. Just keep eye contact all the time. Okay, here's my dream. Just some, okay? And I want to encourage you to do this, all right? And let me just tell you, when you do this, this is going to be one of our to-do items at the end of the message. When you do this, you're going to have a tension between writing down what you think is possible and what you feel like is impossible will never happen. And the question you're going to ask yourself is, do I write down the impossible things? Let me just answer that question for you right now. Absolutely yes. Because God lives in the realm of impossibility. That's his world. Not the realm of easy, but the realm of impossibility. He lives in that. And so absolutely. So here are some things. Some of them are fun. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are really God dreams. And so number one, I want to see 1,000 people worshiping weekly at Journey Church. And we're almost a third of the way there. And uh, not because I believe in numbers, but because I believe in hell, and I think that it's real, and I want as many people as possible to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and, and just, I, I just want to, I want to I see people uh, find hope. Um, I want to swim with sharks, and uh, not that thing at Blizzard Beach, you know what I'm talking about? That thing is so whack. True story, Liz and I went on that one time, and, and she hates sharks, and we're on this thing. This thing, by the way, like six-year-olds get on this thing, okay? We're in there, we get in the wetsuit, and they tell us two rules. They say, rule number one, don't freak out. And they make it seem like if you freak out, the sharks are going to get you. And they say, number two, don't sit on the rocks. The moment Liz's body gets in the water, she freaks out and jumps to a rock for life safety. They literally had to send in scuba divers to save us because she panicked. I just want to swim with sharks. I don't know why. I just want to. Um, I want to see both my sons preach a sermon. See that? Um, I want to give away a million dollars as a church in a year to church planning, to building wells in Africa, to help finding a cure for AIDS, to, to breast cancer relief, to building orphanages, a million dollars in a year. That's what I want to do. I want to write three books that people actually want to read. Because anybody can write a book. You meet people all the time. I wrote a book. You're like, yeah, okay. You know, it's got like one review on Amazon. It's their mom, my baby. You know, I actually wish people actually read um, I want to celebrate my 10-year wedding anniversary in Europe, and next year, that's gonna, I'm going to check that off because next year we'll be married 10 years, and so far, that's the plan right now. And so we're excited about that. Um, God forbid anything crazy happen. We are headed that way. Uh, I want to hit a home run in a Major League Baseball park. Yeah. I was, in, I was really good in Little League. Here's the backstory, and I sucked at high school. And so I feel like if I could do that just one time, it'll validate my sports ability. Um, I want to start a ministry school right here in Orlando that sends out 1,000 students to plant churches or help plant churches all over the world, um, 1,000 students. And I want us to have a permanent building that's completely paid off so that if the Lord should tarry, when I hand this off to someone else, they don't have the burden of debt on them. They can just put all the money behind ministry and reaching people. So those are a couple of my dreams. But what about your dreams? I want to talk to you about dreams today. Here's the first thing you need to know about dreams. Dreams are the language of God. 
If you're taking notes down, you want to write this. Dreams are the language of God. I can tell you maybe one time in my life where I heard the audible voice of the Lord. A lot of people say, why doesn't God speak in English or Spanish? Because God's language is higher than English or Spanish. One time, maybe one time, it could have been my mom or dad playing games with me, but one time I think I might have maybe heard God's audible voice. But when God speaks to you, listen, because some people say, I've never heard God speak to me. No, 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 you have. You just didn't recognize it because you were expecting him to speak to you like I'm speaking to you, but that's not how God speaks to you. When God speaks to you, hear me, he speaks to you in visions and dreams. Here's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. This is how God speaks to you, you see? And so it's not that he says, hey, start a business that's going to help orphans in Uganda. That's not what you're going to hear. What happens is you're going to walk into a coffee shop, and you're going to say, hey, I heard that, I remember watching a Discovery Channel one time, you're in there, and you said, I remember watching Discovery Channel one time that some of the best coffee beans in the world come from Uganda. Wow, this business is pretty cool, but what if we actually harvested all of our beans from Uganda, and then we reinvested 100% of the profits to, to, uh, to, to starting schools that would educate them so that they can get out of their life of poverty, and it's not a word. You just walked in, and you saw it. You saw it in a flash. You're like, wow, and it hit you, and God spoke to you. Um, recently, I went to our building. It's our building by faith. You know, I, 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 there's this abandoned movie theater uh, that somewhere. I won't tell you where it is, but it's, it, and I went there to pray for it. I laid hands on it, and I was like, God, this is our permanent building in your name, Jesus. It's $3 million, and I'm going to keep telling you about this until somebody says, I got $3 million. And so it's $3 million, and, and, I, and I put my hand on the, on the front window. It's abandoned. I put my hand on the front window, and I said, dear Jesus, in your name, I just want to declare it, and I can see it. You know, I just in your name, and as I was praying, I got the life scared out of me because from behind, a dog started barking. I'm like, dear Jesus, in your name, and then I just, Rawr! I was like, oh, my devil, the devil, where is the devil up in here? And uh, it was a, a dog, uh, a homeless man's dog, and right behind me, I didn't even see him because he was in a crevice, right behind me was a homeless man and a dog, and I guess the dog was like protecting, you know, his homeless dude. And, and, I, and I was like, I'm not going to hurt him, I promise. I'm just here to pray for the building. You know, just kind of backed out, backed out. And as I went to my car, I saw it. I saw it. And it was a vision. And it was, and it was the Lord. And I can't, it wasn't in words, but it was a vision. And it was, it was like, I, I put that person there for this moment. I knew you were going to come visit. And I wanted you to see that because I wanted you to see this. And it wasn't just a church, but it was a dream center too. A building where homeless people can find a place to live and get an education and find a profession and be trained and then be placed in the workplace. And we've got all the people already lined up. We've got professional recruiters who write resumes and I can just, I can see it. And we got people who work in laundromats who can donate clothes. I can already see it. And so, and, 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 I, and I see it. And you have to understand when God really gives you something beautiful, he can't explain it to you because it's so beautiful it can't be put into words. Explain the sunset. Explain the ocean. Explain what your bride looked like on her wedding day walking down the aisle. There are no words. That's why the book of Revelations makes no sense. You read it, and you're like, what's happening? It's John trying to put into words what he saw. And can I encourage you? That's why nobody believes in your dream, because you're trying to put into words something that God gave to you in images. And you're like, it's kind of like this, but it's kind of like that. And they're looking at you like, what? And you're like, no, no, but it's kind of like that, and it's kind of like this. And you're like, what? Stop trying to convince other people of the thing God showed you. He showed you. He didn't show them. They're not going to get it until it's built. And then when it's built, they're going to come running because they're going to want to be a part of the thing that you saw before anyone else could see it. Amen? But how's God been speaking to you lately? Number two, dreams are the target of your faith. 
Dreams are the target of your faith. A lot of people ask, what is faith and how does faith get developed? I look in the Bible and I see signs and wonders and miracles and it seems like faith is a big part of that. And I would love some faith. I want some faith. I want my faith to increase and my faith to grow. And how do I, how do I deal with faith? And, and let me just tell you right now, faith is invisible and faith is intangible, but faith is not individual. Let me explain. What I mean is, is that faith cannot exist in and of itself. It needs an object that has not happened yet to be attached to it. And a lot of people say that they don't have faith, but let me encourage you. It's not that you don't have faith. It's that you don't have goals. And if you would set a high goal, then you would call your faith up to the level of your goal. People say, well, I don't, ha I don't, have, I don't have goals. I don't have faith because I don't have nothing. Don't, don't, don't say that. Look what Hebrews 11.1 says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I remember on Christmas one year, Justice was just growing up, I gave him an iPad. Walmart was doing this special. Like if you spent $150 or something, they give you like a free iPad mini. So I was like, oh, I'm all about it. So I bought this iPad mini for my son, spent whatever, $100. My parents bought my son bricks, which were really cardboard boxes painted blue and white. Just bricks, cardboard box. They must have spent $5 on that. I spent $150. I give him the iPad. He puts the iPad down and goes playing with the boxes. My parents looking at me like, sucker. <laughs> he loved the boxes. Do you remember what it was like being a kid? And boxes? Man, you could travel the world in a box. Remember how much fun we used to have? Oh, my goodness. Um, don't be freaked out that your pastor has a knife uh, in church. Um, remember the fun we used to have in boxes, man? I'm going to need a helper. Charlie, you come out real quick, man. I'm going to get my friend Charlie to come with me. Cool. Get on here. Do you remember boxes? Are we one of those kids who just love boxes? Like you can have a whole. Raise your hand if you're one of a box kid. Like, yeah, you, you, parent, you, you were poor, but you never knew it because you had a box. And, and in that box was absolutely everything. And, and I remember, man, growing up, I had a lot of toys, but I loved my box. And you can get in your box. Charlie, you going to get in with me? We're going to come up. I remember coming in a box and and, and, and it was a box to you, but it wasn't a box to me. Shoo. Hello? It's not a box, it's a portal. <laughs> it's a submarine. Oh, you know what it is? It's a rocket ship. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, seven, five, four, three. Two, oh yeah, one. First place, Charlie. Get out of the ship before it blows up. <laughs> well, give it up for Charlie and uh, we're a little late on the fog. That was supposed to be an effect for the rocket ship. Um. When you were younger, you didn't need much. Your toy wasn't the box. Your toy was your imagination. And let me tell you something about, 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 about imagination. You know what another name for imagination is? Faith. Yeah, I didn't need a spaceship because I could see the spaceship. And if I could see the spaceship, I had the spaceship. What I'm trying to tell you is you need to raise up faith in your life. You might not have the job, but can you see the job? Because if you see it, then you can have it. You might not have a man, but can you see your man? 
You might not, listen, you might not have that healing that you've been praying for, but can you see your healing? Because this is how it works in faith. You ain't got to have much. You just got to be able to see much. That's how faith works. I can see it. And if I can see it, I'll believe it. And if I can believe it, I have it. So what's your box? What's your box? What's your box? Because it doesn't have to limit you. You know, we always think about get outside the box, get outside the box. What about getting in the box? Getting in the box and embracing those limitations. I'm going to hit them real quick. Here are some things that, that keep you locked up. Number one, a wrong view of life. This is why you can't see because you have a wrong view of life. You have a wrong view of life. My son Zane wakes up every morning with a dream that he wants to share with me. The only problem is that boy can talk. So he will be with me 15 minutes. Dad, let me tell you about this dream. I was a good guy, and then the good guy turned into a horse, and the horse turned into Spider-Man, and then after Spider-Man came in, there was Jesus. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And listen, the reason why I'm rushing him is because my wife made him breakfast, and the breakfast is getting cold. And I'm like, you need to hurry up and eat your breakfast because this dream is distracting you from life. And we carry that narrative with us throughout our whole life. Hey, you have a dream, but you know what else you have? A mortgage. So stop messing with your dream and get focused on your mortgage. Hey, I know you got a dream, but guess what? You got pregnant as a teenager, so your dream, because now you got to spend time raising kids. Your dream is gone. Hey, I know you had a dream, but you know what else you got? A job. And so forget your dream. You got to go on to your job. You got to focus on this. You got to focus on that. And I want to tell you, when, 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 you're, when, the burdens, when the burdens of life outweigh your dream, the answer isn't stop dreaming. You know what the answer is? Get a bigger dream. Get a dream so big, it outweighs the burdens of your life. That's it. People will say, if I could just solve this problem, then I'll pursue the dream. No, because you know what's right behind your problem? Another problem. So instead of trying to find a solution to your problem, find a purpose that's bigger than your problem. Chase that. Man, what about Jesus? He had a lot of problems. Getting whipped, getting beaten, carrying a cross up Calvary. What do you think it was that drove him past the burden? The weight. The weight of his purpose. The weight of his dream. You were his dream. He had a dream in mind, and his dream is what kept him through. When your business starts to falter, have a dream. Have a dream of that business growing. When your business starts to sink, have a, have a dream of franchises that draws, you, that draws you past that. You need a dream that is bigger than your pain. You need a dream that is bigger. Some people have a wrong view of self. We look at our lives and we think, I'm not worthy. I can't do it. This dream is, is too big for me. But the problem is you're looking at yourself through your eyes and you're not looking at yourself through God's eyes. And it's God's eyes that matter. Listen, I don't know the script of your life. And a lot of people come from different scripts. A lot of people come from poor families. A lot of people come from abusive backgrounds. A lot of people come from just different cultural perspectives. I don't know what the script is, but let me tell you something about Jesus. He is straight up M. Night Shalomon. You know what I'm talking about? That's the guy who always puts those twists at the end of the movie that you never saw coming. Humanity and creation was on its way to destruction. And in the last chapter, God himself became a human being in the form of Jesus Christ and threw the only twist in the script. I never saw that coming. You mean he was gonna come down and save us himself? Yup, God is the king as script twists. And your life might have been written a certain way and you might think it's going in a certain direction but the cross is the twist in your script and he's gonna turn it and he is gonna flip it and you're gonna be not in the place that you are right now lastly a wrong view of God a wrong view of God man can I be honest with you guys I am tired of these weak prayers that we be throwing up to heaven sometimes have you noticed how small our prayers have gotten we look at God, we're like, God, I pray, Lord, for a, a good day today. 
good day. A good day? That's what you want? You can stay home and have a good day. God, I pray for just a, a happy day. Lord, I pray I get to work on time. Work on time? Like, I, 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 I get it. I, I get all those things. The small things matter. But, but is that how small God is in you and our mind? Because let me tell you something about God. He either expands or contracts to the size of your prayers. You pray big prayers, God gets big. You pray small prayers, God gets small. Here's what Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. There are two factors that create the miracle. I don't know if you caught it. Can we throw that slide back up? There are two factors that lead to the miracle. Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do measurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power. Did you see the two ingredients to the miracle? His power and our imagination. Did you catch that? He said, according to what we can imagine and his power. Let me ask you, of the two resources, which one is limited and which one is limitless? Well, God's power is limitless. How limited is our imagination? Because his power will either expand or contract to the size of our imagination. So hear me today. It is time to dream again. It is time to dream big, and I mean big dreams, big dreams. How do I know if it's a big dream? I hit these real quick. Number one, you know it's a big dream because a God dream will always seem risky. You ever been skydiving? Me neither. But I gotta imagine that it is both terrifying and thrilling. Your dream needs to be terrifying so that it can be thrilling. You need to jump off that thing and be like, oh, what did I just do? If God doesn't open my parachute right now, I am crashing. This is terrible. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? That was how I felt a month into planning this church. Hurricane Matthew hit. We had like 90 people show up for service. I was like, what was I thinking? God, if you don't show up, show up. I want you to do something terrifying because I want you to experience the thrill of obedience. The thrill of leading a friend to Christ, even though that's scary to talk about your faith. The thrill of going on a mission trip. I want you to experience that. I want you to experience the thrill of tithing when you don't even have money to tithe. Giving 10%, you ain't got 10%. That's a, that's a thrill to put yourself out there and watch God respond. So it's got to be risky. Number two, a God dream, this is how you know, will always require God's involvement. I want you to dream a big, dream a dream so big that you can't do it without God. And so that when you do it, other people are like, there's no way he did that. There's no way he did that. You know why God picked fishermen and tax collectors to start the church? So that no one could get credit but God for the miracle. Yeah. See, the thing that you think disqualifies you actually qualifies you. God needs you to be there so that he's the one that can get the glory. That's why God needed you to go through those struggles so that he could get the glory. So, so do something. We're going to talk about that more as a sermon series. And finally, a God dream will change lives. Will change lives. Can I tell you? It's not about the lake house, and you know that. It's not about the boat, and you know that. It's not about making six figures, you know that. Your life is all about impacting someone else's life. And until you can find a way for your life to impact someone else's life, you will always be on the search for purpose. You will always be on the search for purpose. You will always be on the search 
to, to be a part of something greater. God has a plan for you, a dream for you, and I want you to discover it today and throughout this series. I want to invite you to, to stand with me right now and in a moment and listen, your dream is going to be different. Yeah, stand all over this place as we close. Every person's dream is going to be different. Some people, your dream is, you know, like I said, to start a business. Other people, your dream is to go to marriage counseling. Maybe you and your spouse have been going through a difficult time and it would just be a dream if he or she agreed to marriage counseling. Maybe your dream is you already have a business, but now you're going to start franchising. Why? So that you can grow a profit that will invest and bless the lives of other people. Maybe your dream is to go back to college. Maybe you're 50 years old and you don't have a college degree and you're thinking, man, I'm 50. There's no point in going to school. Well, it takes four years to get a degree. In four years, you'll be 54. Do you want to be 54 with a degree or 54 without a degree? You can do it. What is your dream for, 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 for other people that's getting involved in a small group? And it's been terrifying, but it's a thrill. You know, you get to this house and there's strangers and you don't know what it's going to be like. Are they going to judge you? Are they going to be all weird Christian Bible type people? Or are they just going to be kind of just regular people and you're not sure? You get there and then you've experienced the thrill of community and the thrill of authenticity and the thrill of vulnerability. Oh, the dream is different for everyone. What's your God dream? What's your God dream? We're going to pray in a moment, but I want to leave you with some action steps. All right? Three things you can do when this experience lets out. Three things you can do, action steps, practical. Number one, write down a list of dreams. I want to see you do that. I don't know if you put it on social media, tag me, tag Journey Church. I want to encourage you. I want to be that person who's like, go for it, go for it. I want to do that in your life. Hit me up on social media. I'd love to encourage you. Write a list of dreams. Number two, join the dream team. That's today, step four. You gotta get a taste of eternity in your life. Get a taste of what it's like to make a difference in eternity. Once you get that taste, you're gonna want more of it. And number three, what's your next step? You gotta answer that question. Maybe you already have a dream. I know there are people at church, they have dream boards already. I'm like, great, this sermon series is still gonna benefit you, but what's the next step on one of those dreams in your dream board? I'll tell you, for some people, the next step is making a decision for Jesus Christ. For some people here, you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. You've been in and out of church, or maybe this is your first time you've come in a long time, and you're like, I want to believe, but I have a hard time believing because of my past. I want you to know that the size of your past does not compare to the size of God's dreams for your life. It will outweigh your guilt, and it will outweigh your shame, and it will outweigh your pain. I don't know where you're coming from today, but God's got a bigger dream than your pain. And so if you've never made a decision, or maybe you have years ago, but it's been years since you've made it, I want to ask everyone for just a moment of privacy, will you bow your heads and close your eyes? If that's you today, and you want to make a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what am I saying? I'm saying you want to make a decision to follow Christ, to start a new life today, to start fresh, to receive the dream of salvation, eternal life. If that's you, when I say three and you're ready to start a brand new life today, shoot your right hand up to the sky. One, two, three. All over this building right now, right now. Come on, I see that hand. One, two, three, four. Come on, I see the hand. Amen. If you raise that hand, would you pray this prayer with me? And let's go, church. Don't leave them hanging. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I love you. Today I heard that you love me. I give you my life. I believe in you. I trust in you. I want a fresh start. I want to begin anew today and every day. Become the Lord of my life. 
In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, we have four or five hands. Yeah. Join the family of God. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting your life. If you have any prayer requests or would like to share your testimony, please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. Our team will be there ready to celebrate and pray with you. If God is using this ministry to bless you in any way, you can help us spread the word by making an investment today. You can give at journeyorl.com give or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again. Have a blessed week.